This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And it's been a good week for the bees. It was a cold week for the bees last week, but it's a warm week for the bees this week as we've come off with maximum points as we've come into this Thursday, as you're going to be listening to this on the Thursday. Fantastic week as far as we're concerned because we've got a big dozen games or so, 11 games now I think it is, between now and the end of the season. And we've pulled off the first one. An away day to Burton, the home of the brewers, the home of many breweries as the bees went up there and they got three points. Fantastic job. I'm smiling, I'm laughing, you can hear. I'm very, very happy indeed. I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in one of our favourite pubs, the George the Fourth pub in Chiswick. And as per usual, every time you come here, you always hear the music in the background. You hear the old open mic. We've all put in our cards we're waiting for it to be called up, so if all of a sudden the voice has gone missing, you realise that one person's gone up there and they're going to be singing. I know one of us has put in Hey Jude. I'm not sure which one of us it is. I'll put in, um, I'm going to try, I'll put in for a monkey's number. Oh, did you? Which one, which one is that? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. It was um, this Harley Dean's in the, in the lyrics. Ah, OK. OK. I, I think I know the one. I think I've heard it once or twice Cheer before. Up. Cheer, up. Cheer up. Cheer up something or other. Okay. Yeah. You think you can get the whole pub to sing it? I'll, I'll give it a good go, yeah, I'll die trying, mate. Okay, which is all good. We'll sing on our own. That's right, we'll sing on our own. But listen, yeah, so like I can say to you, I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here with my pals in the George the Fourth. They'll be taking real good care of us. It's down Chiswick High Road, come down there. Um, it's a lovely pub and it's, the weather's getting better. It's got a nice little outdoors area. It's got a little comedy club around the corner in the side bit as well. It's a wicked, 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 wicked place. But anyway, I'm going to go around the table here. I've got to talk to my mates and find out what they did this weekend because uh, we had a bit of a snow day or was it a slush day on Saturday I've got Mr Dave Lane how are you Dave very good very good um, how was your slush day on Saturday slush day was um, it was it was alright you know yeah I, I, I just come back from Egypt the day before and um, I've gone from like 26 degrees to minus 26 degrees so I felt it quite badly I was a bit gutted to be honest with you. I would have stayed out there for a couple of days longer if I knew the game was off but you know, I, I, I arranged it so I got back in time for the for the, the Cardiff game, 
Um, so I was, yeah, I was looking forward to a bit of footy action and seeing my mates first and foremost. So um, we 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 saw the mates as well. We went to uh, went to the pub in Twickenham with a few of the bees boys, and we had a, we kept football right out of football, and um, we just had some beers and it was good. So uh, yeah, Stelling. No Stelling, actually no. We were just looking at our. Um, there was no. We we picked a pub. We picked the um, the Sussex Arms in Twickenham, and uh, we um, had uh, like no no TVs in the pub. So we just had some real ales, some interesting ones, and then uh, we watched the uh, goals come in on the phone. So yeah, it was quite social. And then uh, had a bit of business up in Manchester yesterday in the morning. So I drove up to Manchester. Then I come back via Burton. Um, arrange the meeting on the day of the Burton game as you do just so it all made sense to do all the travelling in one day um, yeah Burton was Burton was a good day we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute so yeah it's been a been a busy couple of weeks but a good couple of weeks so yeah good to be back here which is all good we've also got for the first time in, in quite a few weeks i say even quite, quite a few months but a good old friend of the podcast as well she's done some bits and pieces and she likes to say her mind as well Ali Mullally Ali how are you? Very well, thank you, Bill. I'm uh, enjoying the daffodils in the pub and outside of the pub. That's right. And uh, sludge day. How was your sludge day? My sludge day was really, really dull. I felt, took it as training for the summer, practicing being important. And uh, I baked a cake, went for a run, and that was about as exciting as my day got. What, what kind of cake? Can we ask what kind of cake? There's only one kind of cake. Chocolate cake, obviously. So I baked a chocolate cake. I went for a run. And so, and that was about. And I, I tweeted a virtual game, but I got bored of that halfway through. So it ended one-one. Uh, of course it did. Of course it did. <laughs> Listen, um, he's back again, and he's on the Kraken now. So you know that dry November, December, January, whatever it was he was on, is completely been extinguished from his brain cells. We got Gaz, Gary, Paul. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Bill. Bill just playing catch up with you guys. So I uh, said so on the old Kraken, but other rums are available. Indeed, indeed, but yes, I mean, sludge day. Did you have a, a good sludge day? Um, no, I'd say it's a dull one. I mean, I was really up to watch the game and a bit sad it was called off. It, it is what it is. So um, I decided to get some brownie points and go shopping with the missus. Richard, which I think is quite interesting as well, because if you looked around on Twitter and also on, on WhatsApp and everything like that, there was a lot of complaining going on about the match was off, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But the interesting thing is a lot of people were going, oh, my God. This is what people normally do on a Saturday afternoon. The inside of Sainsbury's, the inside of B&Q. Like, it's quite hilarious. I think it's worse than that. I thought it, I thought it was just a downright panic that a lot of people realised that they had to spend a day with their partner. They had, to, they, had to, they had to not escape the house. They had to, like, whoever you're with or whoever you're they had to spend time with them. And I don't, I don't think people were prepared for that. I mean, it's a bit of a... Str- a bit, a bit of a strange regime, like I said to you, because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure people are very happy spending time with their partners, but I suppose it's sort of compartmentalised. So, you know, on Sunday, you know what you're doing, you'll go out and you, you know, you make up for a lost time on Monday to Friday. But on Saturday, you have your time, which you go and you go to football and all of a sudden, that's been completely changed and it was, it was just whipped away from them. I'm not so sure they are, to be honest. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, that was, that, that was an interesting scenario. But look. What we got in the show here today, we have got, we have got, um, well, we got, we can talk about Burton, we talk about breweries, we talk about beer, we talk about what happened down there. We're going to talk about um, Malpay, we're going to talk about Bielen, we're going to talk about um, Marcondes. We're also going to talk about, in the Football Village News, we're going to talk about Dean Smith. Uh, apparently he's got a new extension, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the Cardiff game as well, or the Cardiff game that wasn't to be. 
We might talk about the B team because we like the B team. They're very, very nice, the B team. We'll talk about them and other things in the Football Village news as well. We might talk about Wolverhampton Wanderers. Laney? Is that a new building section we've got to the show? Dean Smith's new extension that we're going to talk about his conservatory. Well, we'll talk about, yes, we'll talk about the, the, the tools that he needs to get and also the bricks that he's going he's to pull in for that as well. And also we're going to talk Millwall. We've got a big game on Saturday. Um, few Bees fans are going out to Millwall, probably not as many as, as we would have liked or expected, but at the end of the day, we have quite make it quality, not quantity, isn't it? So uh, Millwall on Saturday, and we've got Nick from Acton Millwall Podcast. He's going to chat to us about all things Millwall. I thought you meant the other Nick for a minute. No, Nick from Acton Millwall Podcast. No, no, it's absolutely not. No, 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 no Liberals today, so that's all good. But listen, let's go back to the weekend. This weekend coming up, because we've got Millwall. And we like to give people a little bit of news, so we're going to give a little bit of prep right up front so that they can actually plan their trip. We've got an away game, and we always like to give an alternative besotted guide to wherever we're going. OK, Millwall might be in London, but still, it's on the other side of London, and a lot of people from West London don't know what's happening over in South East London. So I'm thinking, Laney, I know that you've picked out a rather special place for fans to go to before the game. What's that? Well, the whole of that part of London, that, you know, that Bermondsey, the London Bridge area, is uh, it's renowned for misery and, and torture, it, it would appear. The, the, the Clink Museum, which was, it was the, um, it's the first ever dungeon, or the first ever um, jail in, in London, is, is just there, it's just there, the clink. There's also the London Dungeons, which is right there, so more more torture. And then there's the Ripper walking tours around there. So you're building up a picture now of this part of London. Plague pits, there's still tours around them. And then there's the new den as well. So it's like more torture and misery. But the one, the one, that, um, the one that stood out for me, the one I put my, I wanted to go to, was the, um, it's called the Cumming Museum. But um, it wasn't what I thought, so I'm not going to go. Okay, right. Okay, well, at least you'll be joining us a bit early because, as you know, we're going on a little bit of an early um, L trail. We're going on a bit of an L trail all the way down from uh, London Bridge, all the way down to wherever else it's going to be going to, which is all good. But we're not going to make that as part of this uh, section here. Ali, I know that you're very excited about your touristic part of the day before you actually go and see the football, aren't you? I am very, very excited because I am going to stop off at London Bridge where there is the Museum of fashion and at the moment they've got a really exciting exhibition on called t-shirt cult culture and subversion highlights the multifaceted role of this humble garlic for men's underclothes which i'm quite excited about to the symbol of rock and roll rebellion through punk politics to luxury fashion item and sex interesting and it's going for a bit of sex which is interesting (laughs) pre-match sex okay which is good but listen we should move swiftly on, you know, Ofcom and all that. We've got to get a little bit Ofcom-ish about our, PMS. you know, yeah, we go about our doing our things. Apparently, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Gaz, tell us what you're up to. Well, so we've had quite a few really good Brentford boat trips to away games. So, but bearing in mind this is Millwall and that bit of, that area is a bit kind of tasty, a bit dodgy. So I think I'm going to pre- I'm going to be prepared this time. I'm going to go to HMS Belfast. Because as I say, with the armor, with the armaments on that boat, I should be. I think I'll be safe in that area. I think you'll be very safe indeed. And Laney talked about where I wanted to go to. Very, very excited about going back here again. The clink, as they say. I'm not going to go to jail. Um, well, hopefully, well, maybe I might go to jail a little bit later as well. But the clink was built upon the original site of the clink prison, which dates back to 1144, which makes it possibly the oldest prison in England. It's uh, yes, that's right. And the possibility. It's interesting. Somebody 
talked about the possibility to touch and manipulate items makes the clink prism a very particular type of museum so you can touch and manipulate and also somebody else said the crying lady was extremely effective so i think i mean all because of that the clink has got to be done and also the other thing is that it was the scene of acid house parties back in the day you know where they used to go to the clink prison that that um, clink street all the way all the way along there from um from the anchor um and vinopolis and all the way along underneath there it's when I was at the FT there, there was it was rancid. It was like a rat-infested run. Now you go there now, it's just it's like it's amazing. So uh, yeah, you can just see how much gentrification's happened around that part of town. So uh, a lot, a lot of decent pubs though. So we're looking forward to Millwall. We are indeed. But listen, forget about Millwall because that's on Saturday, and we'll talk about that later. Let's go back to well, we're going to go back to last Saturday, but um, unfortunately there wasn't a game. So let's move forward to Tuesday. We went to Burton, the home of the Brewers, the home of many Brewers the home of a lot of beer. Brentford played there, Brentford won there. They got three points and everyone was very, very happy. Let's listen to what the fans had to say afterwards in the stadium, in the streets and all around after the game. Brentford fully deserved this win tonight. 100%. It's one of those, you know, you can't do it on a cold Tuesday night. You're never going to get out of this division. I think we have. So uh, things are looking up, definitely, definitely. Getting uh, more payoff at half time, that seems to have really paid off. Oh, definitely. It was, it was really disgraceful what he did in the first half. Just, just shut your mouth, really. Just shut your mouth. To be fair, Dean Smith made the right decision. He clearly wasn't going to be quiet and he could have lost us the game in the second half. And look, it's good to see Mark Condos get some minutes because ultimately that's how he's going to be the better player and the player that we think he could be. Look, it's all about consistency, really. We could go and lose on, on Saturday and it, and it ruins it all again. It's all about consistency. If you get consistency at this end of the season, at the back end of the season, you're in a really good position to, to at least fight for the playoff. And they always say that the team, there's always one team that comes through the ranks, comes from 10th, 11th, and makes it into the playoffs. And there's no reason why that can't be us this year. So you're still believing? 100%. 100%. Definitely. Can't be up the bees. To be fair, like, it was never going to be easy. They were always going to stick 11 men behind the ball. But first half, not the best very scrappy very flat but we've grown into the game passing been better in the second half we found some gaps and you know I think we've deserved the win today Woods is always outstanding really you know they stuck three men on him clearly he realised he was our danger man but he's looked like he's had nobody on him he just looks very calm um, Joseph soon he's just very fast you know he scares people with his pace he caused trouble the whole game you know went off injured but Canos has been alright since he's come on and then Clark yeah he's just been tired but you know for somebody who's not left footed he's not a natural left back you know he's done a very good job so that's it final whistle's gone 2-0 you must be very happy coming all the way to Burn on a Tuesday night what did you make of the game tonight? it wasn't bad I enjoyed it we played well could have done a bit more but I'm happy with 2-0 take it so you know we saw a little bit more of Marcondes is probably the most we've seen of him what, what did you make of him? I thought he was good he's definitely better than Mapai. Mapai didn't have a good first half I think we needed to take him off so I was pleased he came on he played alright It's a bit more to come from him I reckon Men of the match for you? Um, I'd probably say Watkins he did a few good runs and, I mean he should, that goal shouldn't have gone in but it's still a good goal uh, scrappy, scrappy first half. Uh, couldn't really break him down. They had ten men behind the ball. Game second half, four bring Emiliano on at half time made a difference. He looked good, good at holding the ball. I think Dean should uh, consider starting him at Millwall. And I think second half we were all over and they had nothing going forward. It was just a case of breaking them down. The own goal, obviously that bit of luck helped. 
and then once the own goals in, we're all over him. Good atmosphere as well for a midweek, midweek away day. Ollie Watkins, man of the match. I mean, he's been involved in both goals, created that goal in the uh, second half, the OG, and a great finish. It's a great finish for the second goal. He just placed that softly into the bottom left-hand corner. It's a great goal. So, yeah, on to Mill, on to Mill on Saturday, three points again. And then you never know. The playoffs, there's still a chance. I'm still hopeful there's still a chance we could just you squeeze think, in. You think that we can squeeze in? I, I still think we can squeeze in. I mean, in this league, anyone drops points. Every week, people are dropping points. I mean, if we can get into that playoffs, I can't, I can't stand to see Fulham go up. So, yeah, I think we can still just squeeze in. Gotta keep believing, mate. Yes! Uh, fully deserved. We were on a different level to them. Uh, very difficult game to come here and get three points because uh, they set their stall out and I thought it was a very professional performance but he changed it up at half time he's brave to do that especially given the sort of stick that Morpai's taken and he will be a good player but I thought Marcondes came on and gave a bit more of a physical presence against McFadden and the other big lad at the he had to do that at half time yeah. didn't he yeah and, and to be fair Marcondes has deserved that chance and I thought he did well I thought all the substitutions made a difference so I found Burton fan outside the grounds He's not very happy, as you wouldn't be. It's, just a, it's a bit of a bit of a poor night for your team. You, you needed to win this tonight, so you're a bit down in the dumps, obviously. Yeah. Well, really, it's been the same old, same old uh, this season at home, really. Um, the fact is, we've tried to get up for games, and it's. I just don't see where our next home win's coming from, to be honest. The fact is, we're still in it somehow with all the other teams around us. I think my heart's saying um, we'll go down, but there's, there's always that there's always that thought in the back of your mind thinking... Could be you. Yeah, yeah. We, we could stay up. Yeah, it was industrial performance bias, without a doubt. Uh, definitely, an, we reckon, an attitude of wearing them down in the first half and just trying to tie them down with the pace that we have in our from our players and all that the Mopay thing was unfortunate but the right thing was done by substituting off kept the balance and the focus of the team out into the second half you can definitely see after about 75 Burton were tiring uh, the definite standout player tonight was uh, Florian Joseph Zoon his pace throughout the first half keeping players drawn away the tricks the stunts he was pulling he made every ball even most people think that would be going out but no he didn't Josh Clark I think he had a solid game towards the back Ryan Woods ran what he does so beautifully as well I think he was getting frustrated with some of our own for not keeping up and giving them options but then that's all testament to how Burton were trying to shut us down but it worked with tiring out we had the strength in the squad yeah a bit scrappy in the first half but we, we took control of the second half Ollie Watkins did his bit at the end of the day three points to the mighty bees come on you red so listen to the fans after that game Brentford fans were very happy they're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel because things are looking up again you know, we had a couple of games where we didn't do so well and we thought maybe the playoffs are off, but now there's a bit of hope. And uh, that game, it was a bit of an industrial game. We actually uh, ground it out as we did, but we got the right result, which is good because back in the day, you know, three, four, five months ago, we wouldn't have been doing that, but we got that result out of Burton and uh, it's made them look more doomed, it has to be said. And also for Brentford, you know, it makes us look forward to the next two matches, which are absolutely crucial um, for us to actually put ourselves in the right position. Now, there was a few talking points from that game as well, because obviously we, um, we, got, the, we got the two goals that we needed. But uh, at half-time, it was looking a little bit kind of, not say precarious, but we weren't quite there. And there was one player, Neil Malpay, if he had gone off at, before half-time, which he may have done, 
it may have been a different situation altogether. Uh, Laney. Yeah, he got he got booked for descent um, midway through the first half, and then uh, he put a, a, what looked like a quite a late tackle in um, just before half time, and the referee had a had a had a word of him. I don't think he ever. I don't. It never looked like he was going to send him off, but you know we saw with Canos when he got sent off um, at Reading. It was at, where was it? It was, it was at Derby. At Derby, sorry. Um, Identikit stadiums. Um, yeah, at Derby. That you know, some some referees are quite happy just to send someone off in the first half and ruin the game. So, um, uh, yeah, it, everyone kind of thought that Smith had to do something at half time, and like Canos, um, sorry, um, Morpay was the one that needed to make way, and it was nice to see a bit of Emiliano because. I think, you know, we're kind of scratching our head thinking this guy's like one prizes in Denmark is, you know, the leading scorer over there. Surely he needs to be playing a bigger role. He's been here for a while now. He's been here for a couple of months. You know, it's a, he, he's surely earned a right to, to, to some game time. So we, we had a better look at um, Emiliano. Um, the, other, the other kind of talking points really were Nigel Clough. He said in his post-match that he thought that his team had kind of gone toe-to-toe with us and there wasn't a lot in it. That's, that's, a, that's a lie. You know, they, Burton were never really in the game. They had, they had a decent chance, one decent chance in the first half. Um, the ball, ball was just kept into play um, and it was cut back and, and someone blazed over um, from probably seven or eight yards. You know, it was a decent chance, but obviously not on target. So, you know, that was probably about it. That was, that was the most that, that Burton really gave us. Um, there was a shot in the in the in the first half that, um, sorry, in the second half that was keen, seemed to go straight through Dan Bentley. Um, I, don't, I don't know how it didn't get deflected in. It was like a, a real like vicious cross, and it and he kind of fumbled it or kind of mis miscaught it, and it went out on the you know, on the far side for a for a corner. And they, they, they pumped some long balls in and we had to defend well, but Burton, the crowd, nor the players really looked up for it. You know, we're gonna talk about Martin Allen a little bit later on, but when we were down in that position and we needed our great escape, there was a spirit to us. There was a kind of like um there was a kind of a belief in the crowd and the belief amongst the players and it was it just wasn't there. And you think like a lot of the results last night, or if not all the results last night were going Burton's way at half time. Um, you would have thought that they would have kicked on, picked it up, found something a little bit more that you know they could they could hurt us with, but they, they didn't. And we, we just kept we kept our possession, keep plugging away, and fortunately you know we, we got a, a slight lucky break. Well, it was more than a slight lucky break. Two really overhit crosses, and then um, the ball was knocked back into the danger area, and then um, McFadden um, smashed it past his goalie who. You know, he, he looked vulnerable all night, the goalie. So, um, yeah, no, we, we didn't, we never looked like we were going to lose it. I mean, talking about just coming back to the chances, I mean, we had 13 attempts to, to, to Bolton's, uh, to Burton's three. Um, eight, eight of those were in open play, only one of Burton's was in open play, and we had three shots on target, and they had zero. We, we scored two of them as well, 60% possession. Um, the interesting thing, actually, about that, because we were worried about Burton being physical and being bigger lumping the ball in and us not being able to deal with that. We actually um, had 70% aerial dual success against them, so we actually beat them 70% of the time when we were actually dueling them with, with headers, which is actually a good 
you know, a good position for us to be in, especially as we're playing teams like Millwall and all of these other teams that we're playing in the future, which we're worried that, that that's our um, Achilles heel. Yeah, no, we, we, we did battle well, and what we did, we actually coped with some really heavy tackling really well as well. Um, Flojo was taken out a fair few times. Woodsy had three men on him constantly. He was marked by three men, and he, he got the ball, and it almost like it didn't affect him. One, one jot. Um, so, and I think that, that although we had three shots on target, I think all three of those came after we were one nil up. I think we were goal up without having a shot on target. So I think that I think that you know showed that we were pushing. We, but even when we went a goal up, that we we didn't sit back, and that that was that was impressive because I think you know if we had to sat back, we could have. Had to settle for a draw again. That would have been galling. Okay, I'm just going to come back to the Malpe incident because I think it's quite quite important. This because it's about Malpe and his character. I mean, he he, he, he got a yellow card for arguing with the ref, but he was arguing with the ref because he felt that, from what I can gather, uh, Tom Naylor and Carl McFadden were were on him. You know, as as, as uh, Dean Smith said, they tag teamed him and they were basically trying to wind him up. They were fouling him and doing things, and he was getting really, really annoyed that the referee wasn't doing anything about it. Not saying it was right or wrong what he did about it, but that's why he got his yellow card for it. And Dean Smith said that he felt that because they knew that, as we said, that Malpay is that he gets that, he's, he's a prickly character, and he probably can get wound up quite easily. So you have to be quite careful about that. I'm just wondering, Ali, though. Is this, I mean, is this a side to his game that he needs to temper or is this part of Malpay's personality and that's just kind of the way that it is and it makes him the player that he is? Oh, that's a difficult question, isn't it? I, th- I think he does need to temper it, um, but I think the aggression that he shows is, is part of the same facet of his personality, so it's a difficult one. But he's going to have to because otherwise he's going to end up getting dragged off a lot at half-time or at some point in the match because he's on a yellow and because he can't control his temper and bring the descent down. I mean, you have to look at, you would have said, showing up my age you would have said like Eric Cantona, if you took that side of his game out, he was never going to be the same player, but he came back after the Colesbury kick was never booked again, I think. So it can be done, but he's, he's got to temper it somewhere. The descent is something that he can take out. He can keep the spike in the Steelers game, but he needs to take the descent out, I think. Unless his name's what? I, I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. I mean, because obviously we don't want to see him sent off. But I, to me, I just sort of see that's him. And uh, a lot of fans turn around. They say, "God, I'd hate to play against Malpay because he's a right pain," you know. And I think that is kind of like embroiled in him. And, and how do you keep that? You know, if you, it's almost like if you take that out of him, he might end up becoming a different type of player. I think you can keep the spiking, but he needs to take the descent out. So I think the problem last night was dissent, and he was in the referee's ear the whole time. Now he could be in other players' ears the whole time. He could be spiky with the opposition, but I think being in the ref's ear the whole time is where he's going to have a problem. Especially the way the game's going and the way the rules are going. Malpe came off. Marcondes came on. Marcondes came on the second half, and he had a very good game. Now, interestingly, the week beforehand, he was actually named Player of the Year in Denmark, even though he's not in Denmark anymore, he's actually playing in England. So he got Player of the Year in Denmark pretty much for the fact that he scored 17 goals and he also got eight assists in the autumn. So, uh, you know, the Danish FA person said he's, he's, you know, he's demonstrated his speed, his technique, his finishing in almost all matches. He'll be excited to follow his further course in England Club Brentford. So basically, we've got a player who's properly on the money. He's properly on the money and he can't even get into the Brentford side 
what does that say about Brentford? Have we, have we got it wrong or are we just biding our time? No, I think we're just biding our time. Um, you've got to be realistic about these things because we can give him all the plaudits we want, but you know, you could big him up, big him up, big him up. Um, he didn't come on in the, um, in the FA Cup game when he made his debut and scored a hat-trick. So, yes, you know, I do like the way that Brentford are doing it. And he, you know, from what I've seen, he, you know, he looks like somebody that really wants to get out there and get going. But I do like the way that um, we are managing him and bringing him on. And don't worry, he will be getting his games fairly soon. Laney, I mean, again, watching the game yesterday, Emiliano, there was a little bit of spark to him, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. He, he seemed to really inject something a little bit extra. I think he really, you know, he wanted to seize the opportunity and he wanted to sort of like pick the game up by the horns. I think going back to Morpay very, very briefly, I, I, th- I think he just needs to channel it in a different direction. You know, you know, yeah, well, I don't want him to lose the edge. I don't. Want, I want him to remain, a, you know, a nasty little shit to play against. But he, 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 moaning and sniping against the referee, he needs to be putting the ball in the back of the net and answering people that way. You know, the best strikers in the world, they always been hacked they've always been moaned about but you know they, they they answer their critics by scoring goals and that's what he needs to do ultimately um, they, they put him off his game and he they got him subs if he couldn't cope with that something he's gonna have to learn but Emiliano yeah it was great um, it, it was obvious that he was gonna come on he he'd taken his training his like fluorescent bib off and he, he was wearing his number 17 shirt and he was he was starting to do some tricks on with his on his own and then starting to dribble, and the others were like playing keepy ups and the you know, kind of games that they do just to keep like warmed up at half time. And he was getting ready for the game, and, and it kind of lifted the crowd a bit. Um, and it and it certainly lifted him. We were singing to him, and he was like smashing the ball into the back of the net during half time. And it was it, it vibed up the second half, and it, it he, he did give it was a shot in the arm. And, and just quickly, I just noticed there's a Birmingham City fan actually on the microphone at the moment now singing Hallelujah because I think they, I think they scored one goal at the weekend. But anyway, Gaz, um, you, were, you were going to say? Yeah, some more pay. You really need, you know, I, I can only echo what people here have said. It, it's really a case of channel, channeling that aggression. You want the aggression, um, but it has to be channeled. I mean, I've played, you know, played a very low level and I've seen very good players who are absolutely no good to you if they're not on the pitch because they can't keep their skin quiet Florian Josephson and we're going to talk about other players on there Florian Josephson you've been raving about him I know initially you said that he needs to uh, step up a little bit and uh, he seems to have stepped up again and uh, he caused a few problems again yesterday before he was hacked off the pitch wasn't he Flojo's going through the gears isn't he he's um, he, you're right you know um, probably three or four months ago Maybe even less than that. He, he, I was, I was kind of. It was clear that he needed to up it. You know, he was, he was getting starts, which you know, um, a lot of uh, we got some good players that aren't getting starts, and he, he was getting his chance. And I didn't think he was, he was taking them. He wasn't using his speed. He, w- he was being a bit too predictable. He was being quite frustrating. He, he wasn't taking it past the last marker, or he was taking a shot that wasn't on. You know, he's capable of producing an amazing shot. He, he loves finding the top corner. He's, he's got, a, he, he has got, he can sniff out a goal. But in the last couple of games, and last night in particular, he was a real, real beast. You know, he was he was by far the quickest player on the pitch. 
scared the living daylights out of Burton. He was reeling balls in that looked like they were going out. Um, he was on fire. He was and he was getting up from being fouled. Um, and he, he looks he looks a real handful. Um, and you know if it, if it wasn't for the you know for the constant hacking. He, he, he probably would have stayed on and he probably would have got a goal he deserved he, he did deserve to get a goal last night and we, and we were worried as well because when he went off it looked quite bad but Dean Smith is now after the game said it's actually not that bad he's got a cut for so uh, hopefully he'll be back on Saturday because uh, we need someone to go and terrorise the, the, the Millwall defence which we'll probably talk about a little bit later as well a couple other players as well from that match because we need to talk about the players and give them props as well a couple other players who, who, who shone uh, on Tuesday night as well you know Andres Billem as well we talked about him before and we had question marks about him because we weren't sure we thought he was quite slow but he showed that his, uh, his experience and his positioning and, uh, and stuff that he does as, 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 as Sean as he's made him shine over and above you know what we expected and as time gone on he's maturing like a, a good old cheese like a good, uh, you know, a good old blue cheese I would say most definitely and uh, he's looking to go to the World Cup and uh, he's looking I think safer a bit. I mean, if he's got this Danish scout sitting down there and looking at him, they're thinking, listen, if we want a safe pair of hands, we got this guy here. He's a safe pair of hands. And it's ironic because the man who is actually, you know, he's the he's, he's same place as him in the World Cup is uh, Andreas Christensen, who plays for uh, Chelsea. And, you know, the first few games, he couldn't even get a game against our Bielend. I mean, that's pretty pretty amazing. So Bielend's like a bit of Danish blue vein. That's right, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's been he's been impeccable. He's, he's been he's been a proper leader for Brentford, and you know, um, I thought I thought Egan had a, a pretty good game last night as well. I thought Dalsgaard was all right. Um, you know, I, I, I thought Josh Clark had a great first half. He seemed to tire in the second half. We've mentioned Woodsy. He was he was just inspirational. You know. There was nothing that nothing that Burton could do to him to put him off his game. Um, yeah, all, all over the pitch last night, it, it was solid performances. It was a couple of players that really, you know, didn't really shine because the others were really had a lot more of the ball. You know, we weren't we weren't sharing it out because we were giving the the, the ball to the ones that were the you know in, in the most inspirational form. So you know, you, but you're right in what you say. Uh, Millwall was a completely different proposition. You know, they for a time yesterday they'd overtaken us. They were winning and we we were drawing. So it, it shows you that they're right on our tails. It's that battle for tenth place, tenth and eleventh. So it shows you what a good season they're having, considering they were tipped to go down really. Yeah, and you, and also it, it shows again the team that we've got. I mean, you talk about Rosa Froon, <coughs> talk about Woods. We've got these players that people didn't know. And if you just check out on the Besotted website, besotted.com, go to the podcast, and uh, there's a, a interview between um, Love Sport Radio with Martin Allen, basically interviewed Besotted a couple of days ago, and it's interesting because in effect what Martin Allen said is going. Brentford are a brilliant side and all the players that they've had if they pull them all together they go in the Premier League and they'll be able to smash them out you know the Tarkowski the Andre Grace they said they found the players so it's, it's quite an interesting interview if you just go and have a little listen to it it's only 10 minutes or so but it's an interesting point of view from somebody else from outside and from the media we just look at our three substitutions last night the p- three players we brought on Nico Yunaris who's like really experienced now at this level um, we've got um, Ni- um, Canos and you've got um, Marcondes you know, they, they are three really amazing subs to, to, just to have on. They didn't start, you know, so 
It'd be interesting to see what Dean Smith does at the new den because um, you know if, if if recent form is anything to go by, he normally starts the, the next game with the team that finished the previous one, um, and I, I think I, it, my, on, on that on that basis, more Condes should get a start. But we'll see. Let's see what let's see what happens. We'll see. Listen, and okay, we've talked about the, the the Burton game, but we still got to talk about the game on Saturday. That what actually wasn't on. And the reason why it was on is because it got snowed off. Well, it didn't quite get snowed off, it got sludged off. Well, or maybe it shouldn't have been off at all. Um, as Laney said, there's a few people that are a little bit disappointed that game wasn't on. Anyone around the table that's disappointed at all and they were absolutely good? Yeah, yeah. Oh, all hands up, yeah. I mean, Ali, or more is that? Well, I was disappointed because there was no football on Saturday. So I was, I, I, I mean, I, I understand why the game was postponed. Um, Ealing Trail Fighters were just a couple of miles up the road have a 4G pitch and they actually called their game off the day before the Brentford game was called off. I don't think the Cardiff fans would have managed to dig themselves out of the valleys in Wales. Probably the right decision, but you know, you by Saturday lunchtime you're thinking, well they could have played, but hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Hindsight's a wonderful thing. I mean, Laney, um, it's interesting when the, the pitch inspection came on Friday at whatever time it was, we were all a little bit like, Hey, that's a bit early, wasn't it? Well, well, well yeah. I mean, I, I guess like at the time when I was looking at the window and it was snowing, I thought it's really unlikely this game's going to go ahead. And but the game wasn't going ahead that Friday, you know. And you know, I'd, I'd, I'd come back from. I could have. I could have stayed where I was for a couple more days. I'd come back for the game. So I was obviously. I wanted to see that. Is is Cardiff City's supporters getting to us? Our problem. You know, is, is, is it, you know, they're 150 mile away. We can't control the weather there. It, you know, we can only control, is the game in our backyard playable? You know, that, that's, that's the question, isn't it? Um, and I went for, a, I got up and went for a run on, on Saturday morning, ran, went, ran around Bushy Park. And when I, when I started the run, it was, it was still cold. It was still like minus one or whatever, um, or it was zero. And then by the time I finished and an hour later on, there was no snow. It was like it had thawed out pretty much the whole of Bushy Park had thawed out and um, there'd been no, no professional pitch pre- um, preservation going on. No, no one had kind of like tried to keep that, keep that grass in a playable condition and I, you know, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't waterlogged um, and, it, and it was kind of just playable. But to, 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 I was going to say, but to be fair... When the pitch inspection took place, there was like snow. There's all sorts coming on, and even you said a number of times you said this game doesn't look like it's going to be on. It's going to it's going to be on. Yeah, but but the game wasn't due to be played on Friday afternoon or Friday evening. I I don't really say you know when we it gave us time to when we sat in the pub on on Saturday afternoon and we were talking about it and we were on Twickenham Green and, the, and Twickenham Green was completely clear um, and we said there 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 should be a rule that you know. The, the the game the, the weather forecast was predicted to get better anyway. They should have they should have done it at eleven o'clock on Saturday, and that still would have given anyone from Cardiff ample opportunity to get to the game. You know, whenever the whenever the away supporters coaches leave leave Cardiff, that was the time to do it. You don't you don't want people travelling and the game being called off when when they get to blooming Reading or whatever. That's just not fair. But you know you've got to give ch- people a chance to get to a game, but. You know, if, if the if the weather forecast was due to improve, 
if the, if the weather forecast said it's going to get even colder and there's a bit more snow coming and it's with deep freeze is going to continue yeah and of course do it on a friday at lunchtime but everyone was saying it's going to get better so then in that case you do it at 10 30 once the sun's come out and you you, you see if it is going to thaw or not yeah the only thing i'd say on that is that the forecast for friday night was meant to be very bad and i don't think that actually materialized um so i think that might have been i think they looked at it at 11 o'clock and based it on the fact that we were meant to it was meant to be like that film the day after tomorrow come friday night but um that just didn't seem to and i said when we all woke up saturday morning it was you know it was almost like a spring day and I think let's remember there were a lot of people say the club behaved disgracefully. A few people on social media say, "Oh, the club shouldn't have done this." It was the officials that called it off, not the club. Again, and which is, which is and, and I don't know how, which is fair enough, and which is true, and we don't know how the how, how logistics it's happened. But what, what I'd also say is this: also just let's just have a little think about this game. We're playing Cardiff City, right? Cardiff City, who are rough and tough and rough and tumble a bit of directness and a bit of toughness in there and everything like that we love to play the ball around on the pitch you know lovely perfect pitch you've got snow and all that nonsense has been on the pitch and all of a sudden that gets cleared and then we've got a game coming on who's it going to suit better do you think Cardiff City or Brentford if that game is on question yeah it's, it's a valid question but they're, they're not they shouldn't be considerations to, you know you know they're, they're, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, who's going to at the end of the day, if it's three points at hand, if it's Brentford, who's it going to... Okay, so, you, so what, you know, what you're saying is, like, uh, the, once the decision has been made, factoring everything else, is it better that the game was called off or not? You know, we're, we're saying, should it have been should it have been called off or should it have been played on, on Saturday? It, it probably should have been played on Saturday. If you're then saying, you know, that if there's other factors that come into it, you think... It, was it best or was it better than it was called off or played then you probably say it's better that it was called off because you're right you know if the pitch was going to be really waterlogged still or it was going to be heavy um, you know Brentford Brentford would be better off having a pitch that's you know wet but but in perfect nick no mud no 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 sort of snowy icy bits so yeah it's two different scenarios you know in, if we if we beat them on Tuesday night and um, the pitch is in great nick, then it's worked out best for us. Indeed. So listen, we shall see. Matches on Tuesday, seven forty-five. Um, if you're going to you're going to go down there, get your mates down there. It'll be quite good game under the lights. Um, they lied to us. They said the last game under the lights was going to be Birmingham City, but they really knew it's actually going to be Cardiff. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully we can repeat another five-nil against uh, another team under the lights on Saturday. But anyway, let's move forward. We've got lots of other things to talk about. And from now, we're going to actually have a little chat about the Football Village News, because football is a village. The Football Village News, because football is a village and you need news. And the latest news to come out of Brentford, Dean Smith has got a one-year extension on the contract he had already. Not only does he have an extension, but Richard O'Kelly as well as assistant and Thomas Frank, who is our Danish guy that we brought over. The threesome, the team, are coming together and they've got a one-year extension, which takes them pretty much up to the time that we move to Lionel Road Stadium, which is an interesting uh, back there, because it basically means that we've got stability the time we go to the stadium. Now, we all thought this was quite interesting and it just goes to show 
when we're looking around and we're talking about Birmingham City and we talk about Leeds United and all these other teams who are like shopping their managers you know Birmingham had what how many managers in management roughly about every three months they've had over the last sort of 15 months you know it's ridiculous but however we've stuck with ours through thick and thin and it's, it seems to be working out for us lately isn't it yeah I think that stability um, is key um, it means what we need to do all, all we need to do is like concentrate on, on finding the new players and keeping the best ones and, and building the team and building momentum so yeah, it just shows you that you know from the top to the, to the coaches and you know, they're really content it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a very healthy situation for the owners of the club and the, the directors of football to be really that comfortable and really that positive about the coaching staff it seems to be like you know the, the, the off field team at Jersey Road is a really tight unit and they, they want to keep that together it's kind of it's the, it's the things that all of these big clubs would give their give their you know their their right, right arms to have is you know a, a club that is clearly run well from the top I won't say to the bottom because you know you know but from the top to the midway you know it's 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 a very healthy situation so yeah you know whatever next season holds who who God only knows but you know we go into next season having a having a manager and a co- and a head coaching team. That is in place for the next two years. So, you know, yeah, we're, we're we're not we're not sort of like having to have these silly conversations about you know you've got a manager out of contract at the end of the season. We we need to just concentrate on the players at the moment, which is really good. And also interesting, Ian Stone again. We talked about the Besotted interview on Love Sport Radio, which is up on the Besotted podcast channel as well. Just go to um, besotted.com, got a podcast, you can check it. But Ian Stone asked the question. He said. Ian Stone, you know, um, Martin Allen flagged up and said, um, Smith, brilliant for Brentford, and he's a real key. And then Stoney turned around and he said, well, you know, if he's so key, somebody's going to poach him soon. Aren't you worried about that? You know, now the question I'm going to ask you, Laney, are you worried about Dean Smith getting poached? Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, that's a good position to be in, you know. We're used to it as Brentford fans now. You know, any player or anyone that shows any real ambition and real um, edge is going to be in demand you know we saw that with Uwe Rosler we saw that with um, Mark Warburton you know whether it's the whether it's the manager or the player that thinks they're too big for Brentford or a club that is bigger than Brentford comes in for the player or the coach one way or the other the, the cream rises to the top and we're not, we're not a club that's ever going to stand in anyone's way. The only thing I think that won't happen is I don't think Dean Smith thinks he is bigger than the club. I think he's very content. I think it's a really great fit. It's a fit that kind of isn't going to wear out. So, um, you know, so I'm, yeah, I'm concerned, but I'm, I'm not losing sleep over it. Which is key as well, which is interesting because we're talking about the fact that, you know, having stars in the middle and people who are too big for the club as he's not. But also it's not that. What is interesting, and we talked about this before, is about having a team around you. And I think what's become massively evident over the past two or three years now is the fact that it's not necessarily about one person. It's about the whole team and the infrastructure. And it's the fact that, you know, we've got the, the scouting system that we use and we've got the stats system that we use and we've got the, 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 the free kick coach and all these other people around us, which is what Brentford is all about. And sometimes you take people out of that 
and we've had people who have been at Brentford and you've taken them out of that and they've gone to other places and they haven't performed as well there and I think that they may even turn around and look and say actually that, that, e- that ecosystem that you have there that infrastructure actually really worked for me Ali I was just going to say actually yeah we none of us really want Dean Smith to go but the club have got their succession plan in place in Thomas Frank we, we all know that that's why he was brought in as ultimately to be the probably to be the successor to Dean Smith so from that point of view the whole system and the whole succession is is going to go on even if Dean Smith does leave moving on um, to the Gary yes I mean realistically where else could he go if you looked at it there are, go anywhere no but in the sense that there are the the bottom half of the Premier the bottom half of the Premier League I don't see him as a type of manager that they would go for um, they seem to be well, they seem to be quite content in having this Hughes Pulis Allardyce kind of roundabout merry-go-round of managers that you see and then the foreign guys come in because they're foreign owned so I don't think that these are the types of clubs that are necessarily looking to what looking at somebody like Dean Smith then the teams above us in, in our league are content with what they've got because they're above us in our league so I don't think there's anywhere else so I don't really worry about him going to be honest and we also need to sort of understand how our, how our, how our teams run, how our clubs run. You know, you, you, you've seen how the two managers that have left, or the three managers that have left, um, in you know before Dean Smith have fared not very well at all. You know, you've got Dykhausen who's been sacked again since he's left Brentford. You've got Warburton who's been sacked twice since he's left Brentford. Dykhausen twice actually, and Warburton and Warburton twice, and, and Uwe Rosler three or four times now. So you know, without the without the mechanics, without the mechanism, without the um, the stats behind it, without you know, without the team, the, without the without the team, you know, these one individuals can't can't have the success that they can at Brentford with all of that team around them, and it's you know that's that 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 should be noted. That can't be forgotten. Talking about team, we'll talk about B team. The B team, we like the B team, as we say. We, we do lots of features on the B team. We've got friends in the B team as well. Reese Cole's one of our friends, but we've also got other friends in the B team, and we, we chat about them a lot. We see what they're doing. And this week, they had a game as well. They beat Wolves. It was a bit of a ding-donger. They beat Wolves 5-4. Um, we had Theo Archibald, who leveled the scores just before half-time because they went ahead, and then after, you know, Wolves went ahead again, and then Marcus Foss came in, Reese Cole. Um, Alan Judge... Failed and then he converted the penalty to make it 2 all. And then forced Reese Cole had a 35 yarder. Have you seen it? Wicked goal from Reese Cole, 35 proper 35 yarder. Then Ali Coote came in, made it 5 2. But then it was squeaky bum time as the Wolves came back 5 4, but they held on. Wicked for the B team. But interestingly, Alan Judge he played 90 minutes and he scored as well, didn't he? Yeah, he loves a penalty, that boy, doesn't he? Um, he scores the goals that sends us up by a penalty, he scores penalties. Um, yeah, I, uh, Alan Judge needs to be uh, needs to be getting minutes, and uh, he's got 90 minutes for the B team. He'll be frustrated that they're not first team minutes, I'm sure. Um, uh, yeah, we, we we are in a fortunate position where we are we are kind of not saturated by by attacking talent, but we are not short of, of forward players. So um, you know, it's just it's, it's it's great that we're not kind of. We're not desperate for Alan Judge to be in the starting eleven. We 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 have options, but you know, for me, 
it looks like everything looks gearing up for him to leave in the summer to be honest yeah to be honest I think with him needing minutes I think there are gonna, there's going to be plenty of time for him to get minutes in the next two months or so we've got quite a lot of games coming up against decent teams I think there's going to be a bit of rotation that will need to go on so I think he will get those minutes I got, I got a feeling though it's just proving to the world that he's fit um, you know I, I think I think that's it you know we, he's back his legs fixed he's getting he's playing it, the, the, the rest of the world doesn't really I don't think they care if he's in the first team or not they just want to know they're not buying someone that's going to break down after 10 seconds he, he's fit alright um, we, we obviously want to return on him now so I think he'll be gone in the summer so moving on listen bees listen you Thank you for tuning into the Besotted Podcast. Like I said to you, put in a just give us a thumbs up, give us a review, um, iTunes or wherever it may be. Um, you know, like I said, the, the more you review us, the higher we go up in the ratings. But also, you'll be able to hear more of Besotted on the radio. It's a new radio station that's opened up, which is Love Sport Radio, which is uh, set up by the people who set up Talk Sport Radio. It's launched this week. It's on five five eight a.m. So you can listen to it now if you're driving in your car. Just turn over five five eight a.m. as well. It's on DAB, it's on digital, it's on mobile, and it's also on um, online, lovesportradio.com. You could check us out because on Thursday night, 9 till 10, every Thursday, you'll be able to check Besotted on the radio. We'll be talking Brentford for a whole hour on the radio. And we'll also invite you to phone in. So anyone wants to phone in and talk about stuff, you can phone into the radio show. It's going to be a right, proper laugh. It's going to be uh, Thursday night. Like I said to you, myself, Laney, and we've got the Lord Lucan's going to be on the first show there as well. So we're going to be sort of kind of chilling out and talking bees and seeing how it's going to go. Laney? Yeah, looking forward to this one a lot, actually. It's it's another another feather in our caps. Um, We're going to try our very hardest not to make it um, a a repetition of of the podcast the night before. Um, we've got a, quite a few ideas to make, you know, to make it fresh. Um, obviously, there'll be crossover subjects, but it's a really, it's another opportunity for for us to get more and more people involved. As you know, you know, in the in the post match podcast, we we speak to as many fans as we can to get their input into, you know, your thoughts about how the game went. You're, we, the, the invitation is, is a permanent one for people to come on these podcasts on a, on a Wednesday night that go out on a Thursday. If you want to come on and you feel like you know you've got a lot to say, you've got some input, email us at besotted1992 at gmail.com um, or just tweet us, PM us on Twitter, um, and then you know we'll we'll schedule you to come on. This isn't a clique. This is like this is. You know, this is very open to anyone and everyone to come on board. And then the uh, so the radio show on a Thursday night will give you the opportunity. You can pick the phone up, you can call in, and we can have a natter about anything that's to do with what you know, anything to do with Brentford. Which is good, and anything to do with Brentford. We talked about Martin Allen as well, who was also on Love Sport Radio on a couple of days ago. We chatted to him, but Martin Allen is the big special guest. We announced it last week at the sort of end of season bees up the fourth of May, Friday the fourth of May in Ely. It's going to be wicked, and we announced that. I'm not being funny. The tickets have gone. Com- completely berserk I'm not quite sure how many we've got left doing alright but still a little bit tight on that one because it really really tickets have gone flying out the door so please get in there as soon as you can do pick up your tickets because it's going to be an absolutely as we say teething tremendous night out that is going to be fourth of May just go to Besotted you'll see the, the, the Bees Up banner there click on it and you can get your tickets for that one as well on this little section here as we'll talk about as well really good things that have happened as you know there's been the Brentford Food Bank 
and the Brentford Football Club have been looking for donations of people to get involved and because the game was off on Saturday Brentford Football Club went down there and they donated uh, food to the Brentford Food Bank and that went down very very well you can also get involved in the Brentford Food Bank you just look at it on Twitter we've got it on Facebook and you can get involved you can actually put money donations send food donations down there as well Laney really really proud of this food bank Brentford um, connection um, it started off fair play tip my hat to Liberal Nick he, he raised it um, he said you know um, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if a local food bank could get involved um, with, with a football club um, we, we had a local food bank a Brentford fan he's a good friend of ours he, he put his hand up and goes I, I'm a trustee on that food bank in Hounslow and Mark Devlin again fair play he said this is something that we want to get involved with we let the three of them have a chat so we've been a catalyst of that and um, you know what we saw on Saturday is just through like-minded people knocking their heads together and, and um, um, putting their money where their mouths are really it's just like you know this would be a good idea instead of saying it's a good idea and doing nothing about it it's a good idea and let's follow it through so well played Brentford well played um, the, the Hounslow Food Bank for, for making that happen and you know uh, we'll, we'll make you one of the fun, the fun you know the charities that we raise for at the, uh, the next social which is good. End of season bees up 4th of May, as we said. Get your tickets on besotted.com. But listen, last thing we want to chat about in the Football Village news, it will be no Football Village if we didn't have a little chat about Birmingham City. We love talking about Birmingham City, especially when they're in so much peril as they are at the moment now. But interestingly, we're only talking about them now because of their Brentford links. They had a new manager on Saturday. Uh, it was all in the winds. Everyone knew that, you know, he, he was on borrowed time, Cottrell. Cottrell left on Saturday and... Out with Cottrell went some of the back staff, including Carsley. Carsley was a Brentford manager. He was in charge of Brentford for, I can't remember, three or four games. Ironically, the first game he was in charge of was the Birmingham City, which he lost to. It might have been a bit of an agent Carsley in that one, but but he has now left Birmingham City. Lee Carsley has left Birmingham City. From what we can gather, we're looking around to see if that's the case. But ironically, who's come in is Gary Monk. uh, Interestingly, but Gary Monk's sidekick at the time was Pep Clotet who was literally on the verge of signing for Brentford. Then a few things went down, which meant that Pep Clote didn't sign for Brentford as a manager, and we ended up a few months later going for um, Marianus Dijkhausen. So basically, Pep Clote was meant to be the succeeder to, um, to, 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 to Mark Warburton. Now, interesting scenario. I'm just going around the table here, because we're interested in what they're going to do. Um, Monk, interesting style of football. Him and Clote together... They uh, all right at, at Swansea and not too bad at Wolves uh, at Leeds United. That time when they actually got Leeds United firing where they are, they were above where they should have been. Now, whether or not it's them actually working miracles with the players they got or not, because, again, according to the stats table, Leeds United were probably 7th or 8th, but technically they should have been about 14th or 15th that season. So was it Monk and Clote did the business? Do you think they're going to rescue Birmingham City, Gaz? Um, well, I think that they're more than capable of rescuing Birmingham City, but that's because I think there are a number of very poor teams down there. I do think Birmingham, unfortunately, I do think Birmingham are probably a bit better equipped to get out of the mess. I mean, I think the two down at the bottom now, Sunderland, they've had their new manager come in and there's been no bounce at all and they're just ambling down to um, League One. Um, I just don't think... Burton have got the resources to stay in our division. Um, so so Birmingham? I, yeah, so I think Birmingham will be. I think Birmingham can survive. I'm not saying they will, but I think they, they're they better than a lot of the teams around them. 
uh, non-committal Gaz there as to whether or not, or not. Ga Ali could you give me a little bit more of a committal answer yes or no uh, I, I will, the one thing I will say about Gary Monk coming in is I think he might just get Birmingham playing the type of football that might suit Hotter I think Hotter might do a lot better than he's done so far this season I mean Monk wanted Hotter, um, Hotter at Borough when he was there he did indeed exactly and uh, so I think it will suit Hotter and I think if they can get Hotter playing they will stay up yeah um, Monk's a great appointment for Hotter um, and Colin probably um, yeah you know he, he had, a, he had a, a really good philosophy and a really good um, attacking team at Swansea um, Swansea Yotta was a perfect fit for Swansea at, 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 when he was playing well the first time I thought to be honest that would be where he, he would he would have gone he would have got his premiership move um, and as you say the Middlesbrough and Leeds it, there was links so yeah it, it's actually it, it, it might be too little too late though to be honest with you you know Yotta he, he, will he be able to turn it on just like that? You know, he's, he's probably very demoralised. You know, whether he can go from like, you know, down in the dumps to the top of his game or not, I think you know that's a big ask in in a few weeks. So you know, they they are they are the best equipped in terms of they got they have got quality players in this. Yes or no? Um, well, I hope no. I want them to go down. No, go down. They're going to go down, and I've said from weeks weeks and months, unfortunately. I think Birmingham City are going to stay up, and I think the fact that they got Monk in with the Clote, I think that Birmingham are going to stay up, which is a bad news, but actually it's probably quite good news because it means that we can go back there and have even more fun next season like we did because it's been brilliant playing Birmingham this season. But listen, we need to move on. Millwall, we've got Millwall on Saturday. We need to talk to somebody who knows everything about Millwall. We're going to go to South East London, acting Millwall podcast, and Nick, we're going to chat to him and see whether or not they think they're going to beat the mighty, mighty bees on Saturday. So Saturday we are off to South East London, the den, the new den, not the old den, not the new den, <laughs> cold blow lane or none of that business going on anymore, it's down the bottom of the posh area, it's all gone posh down that way, Bermondsey, the character's going to be walking up and down that area, going to all sorts of micro breweries and pubs and bars and growing beers for the weekend and everything like that, but what I've heard, it will, it's totally, totally changed. But maybe the football hasn't changed from what I've heard. I think we can have a little bit of a rough time down there, Brentford. And we need to be prepared. So, uh, as we normally do, we go over to our away fans and they tell us exactly what is going on in their manner. We've got Nick from Act 2 Millwall Podcast. Nick, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. It's good to talk to you all. That's good to talk to you as well, mate, you know, and I think you're, uh, you're getting quite excited because you guys have kind of come out of nowhere and uh, yeah, we have. all of a sudden, beginning of the season, remember we chatted a bit earlier on and uh, everyone had written Millwall off, as they said, but now you look like that you might even be challenging us for a potential playoff place. I mean, your season, mate, how's it gone? It's, well, it's been fantastic. It's been, I mean, everyone predicted that we're going to be relegation candidates back in August when the season started, right? And obviously we've denied that. We've, we've, we've got a surge of form going at the moment that is probably the most Millwall situation of all. And that's, that's the, the ultimate underdog, I always call us. We're coming from nowhere. We've got the, the wind in our sails. It's like a cup run at the moment. I'm, in fact, every game now between now and whenever the, the playoff um, 
you know, the, the playoff possibility either, either comes into view or fades away. It's like being in the FA Cup. I think one, one loss probably puts us out of the picture, but um, every time we win, every time we uh, go another game unbeaten, it remains, you know, a distinct possibility. So I'd compare it with a cup side. So I think Saturday's got the other cup side so for a printed visit. Uh, and that suits us down to the ground. It's, um, it's a roller coaster ride there, the Millen fan. We, we live for the, uh, the adrenaline ride. It's never dull. We don't do mid-table route respectability. We're either fighting for our lives or we're, we're on a, a madcap roll to, uh, to an unlikely playoff spot. So it's a very, very normal situation at the moment. And, I mean, and, and obviously, like the city, I mean, you're doing really well. And obviously, a couple of players have come out and they're shining. And, uh, I mean, just talk to us about a few of your players. One of them that I know is uh, Romero, as it is. And a lot of people might not know. There's a sort of slightly old school posse out there. He's actually Jazzy B from Soul to Soul Sun. And I remember I had a little trick with Jazzy a few years back. And I remember him telling me that his son was playing football. But it wasn't at that level. I'm not sure where he was playing at the time. But he was playing sort of, I think, non-league football. But he's obviously risen up the ranks. And he's actually now playing championship football. How's he doing? He's doing very well. He's a great prospect. He plays at right back. Marlon Romeo. Um, he plays, plays right back. He's a very good attacking right-sided defender in the modern sense. Um, if I was being very picky, I'd say that he needs to work at the, the defensive side of his game. Um, but going forwards, he's got pace, he's got imagination, he's created goals this season for us, and he's a real threat going forwards. I, I think he's a real prospect. I mean, it's going to be a problem for us for when, once this season is over, wherever it finishes. I think it's going to have to struggle to keep, you know, keep hold of some of these players because they're real, real, you know, Marlon, for example, is very talented and there's one of some other true team. But the whole team is built not around the stars, it's built around the very normal idea of a work ethic, a team group. Everyone fights for each other, they work hard for each other, and Romeo is, 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 a, is a real prospect, but we really don't have stars in our side. Even now with the return of Tim Cahill at the age of 13, he is a star, but he's not a star within the group. And I think that's, that's the essence of what Neil Harris has, has created at Millwall. It's, it's a team in his image. He was always a tough, hard, workman-like player that made chances out of nothing. And in my opinion, this season reflects that very much. Um, he's done fantastically well. So I think it'll be a hard battle for Brentford on Saturday. I think so, so and I think for Brentford we're going to be trying to match that as well. We're trying to do the team spirit thing, and we're trying less of the stars and more of the team. But listen, I've got a team around there, a team of this posse, posse who've been drinking quite oh, a great. few times in London, Brian, and a couple of ales. There's been some <laughs> rum going on there as well. We've been having chaps, a very, very, very chats and chapesses, please. You know what I'm saying? You know, we like to keep it, we like to keep it balanced on the, on the gender front here. Well, let's keep it here. I don't say Absolutely. That's right. But listen, we're going to go around the table because we have a little section here and it's like when we get away, away fans, we have to ask them a question. And we have today, we're going to ask okay. Nick, and to the left of me, I've got Dave Lady Lane and he's going to ask Nick. I ask Nick. That's, that's quite, quite tough for at the moment. It's poisoning business that's going on. What, what is your favourite poison, by the way? My favourite poison? <laughs> favourite poison? Oh, yeah. Is Polonium? Is it arsenic? Or do you, do you go for like well, mercury? <laughs> I'd have to go for um, one of the uh, one of the, uh, the, the, the the wild turkey whiskey or Jack Daniels or something like that. That's a Jack Daniels, yeah, yeah, but I think yeah, I've been my nice choice of poison. Um, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I was going to kill myself, I suppose. Um, whatever the uh, whatever the, the likes of um, Hitler took in the bunker that did them in at the end. But whatever that was, was that arsenic, strychnine, something like that. <laughs> yeah. 
sounds all right to me, mate. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get a, trying to get a set of a fix on on Mill's form, to be honest with you. You know, I know that you know we're swapping places at the moment. You know, as the time yeah. yesterday, you, you, you leapfrogged us because you were winning and, and we we weren't. So we showed you that we're you know we're we're achieving sort of a, to a similar to a similar high standard. We have to say in the championship. So that's fair play to you yeah. guys. Um, the, the, the Sunderland game, um, your, your game survived on on Saturday. You, you drew, you drew with Sunderland. What you know, we have beaten them the, the week before, and we're thinking, oh, Bill really, you know, they probably probably should have put Sunderland to bed. What was the atmosphere like at the new game? It was a good atmosphere. Um, one of the problems we have as a, as a club historically and and now this season is we. We struggle when we're the favourites in a situation. We are we are brilliant underdogs when no one expects us to do anything. We come into our own. We, we you know Baxter will always we will fight where we, we do struggle when we struggle against someone. We're breaking down determined, defensive-minded opponents. They they got themselves in front of a great goal, and we really didn't have an awful lot of imagination in the first half, particularly. We did better in the second half, but we we, we tend to find it difficult where the expectation. Um, while he's on our shoulders a little bit. So, um, Saturday, I'm, I, I, I mean, Brentford, for me, is always a good footballing side. Every time I've seen Brentford play, they play the game, they pass well, they move well, it's, it's a nice style to watch. We we are a different style to that, so it's going to be a clash of um, two philosophies in some ways. We sit behind the ball and, and go long and we win the ball. Um, I'm hoping that Brentford want to win, and I'm hoping that brings them on to us and that we can hit Brentford on the break because that's the way that we play best. So um, a team that sits back and wants us to come to them will always be a difficult side for Mill to play against. A team that comes to attack us is just what we want. So we'll yeah. see how that's what's going to happen. We we're not we're not going to we, 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 we won't we don't go, we don't change our, our, our style game well. by game. We'll. we'll we'll block possession over the salt normally. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest with you. I was just looking at the YouTube of the earlier game in the season at, at uh, Griffin Park, and I, I've forgotten we had a goal taken away, and then we missed a penalty. I've forgotten that, that moment of pain. Yeah, it was you were kind of robbed. But it was an entertaining game. Like, it was, yeah. I felt, I felt sorry for you, Millwall fans, that day, because, uh, you know, you, you were in control. You, you know, it, it seemed like a lot. It must have seemed like a lot. I think it was a draw, wasn't it? Anyway, I'll pass you over to you, Kevin. Like, well. uh, uh, I look, oh yeah, I look, I look forward to seeing you on Saturday, mate, and um, yeah, catch you your time tonight, and I'll, I'll see you later. Yeah. It's out of you now. Hello, Nick, how are you? I'm good, Ali. Nice to hear from you. Thank you. I, I just wanted to ask you, so like, how, whether or not you expected to be where you are in the championship this season? Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. I mean, we would have... Everyone in the club, I mean myself included, if you said where would you want, where do you expect to finish? Um, I think we expected to find it hard this season. Um, so anything above the, the third relegation spot would have been roughly where we, you know, we would expect to have been. Um, a, a kind of a bottom half finish to the table would be my would have been my expectation, Ali, to be honest with you. Um, and I probably would have expected us to be like fourth, fifth, sixth, and bottom, something of that kind. So to find ourselves on this role now is, is a real, um, you know, it's an unexpected magic bonus. And now we've got the surge going. It's March, and the season ends at the end of April. Suddenly, uh, the lights are flashing, and it's um, it's, a, it's it's the roller coaster ride now. And it's um, 
you know, it can all come off. The wheels can come off with one defeat, in my opinion. But um, all the time it's continuing, then you know anything's possible. But I mean, expect I would have expected a fourth, fifth, sixth from bottom um, at the start of the season. I, I didn't think we were bad enough to go down, but we expected a struggle for the season. And indeed, do you think you could push on into the playoffs? What's your gut feeling? Oh wow. Um, that's a really tough question. I mean, I I think every game is a bonus at the moment. Um, I mean, if Brentford beats us on Saturday, then probably that stops us in our tracks, in all honesty. Um, but, you know, there's, what, 10 games to go now, so we can't really afford uh, a defeat. So we need to be winning the majority of those 10 games to have even an outside chance. Um, do I think we can do it? Yes, we, we can do it, because when... We will get a resurge. When the den comes into its own, the atmosphere will be raucous on Saturday. If we get a goal early, it will get very raucous indeed. Um, it's a tough place to go, as the, as the, as the cliche has it. So, um, equally, if Brentford get ahead and you know start to control the game, that can turn the game to the Millwall side. It, could become, it becomes quite a, a difficult place for the Millwall team to play as much as the opponents in those, those situations. Yes, yes, we can do it. Do we expect to do it? Heart, heart, hope, so head says probably not, but you know, one day at a time. Oh, the heart, man, head. I'm going to pass you up to Gaz now. Good to speak to you. Jazz, thank you, Adam. Hello, mate. How's it going? Uh, good, Jazz. Thanks for having me on the show, mate. Excellent. Yeah, it's good to hear from you. Yeah, I guess only I've been watching you guys, um, you know, the way you've gone up the table this season. It did remind me a bit of how we were in our first, when we first came back up, you know. Yeah, around the bottom half and then second half of the year moved into the top table and, you know, got an eye on a playoff position. Guess my question to you, looking at, um, I guess from a Brentford point of view, you've had two players that um, were in our promotion side that came up from League okay. One. Um, Tony Craig, who's left, and George Savard, I think you brought in at the beginning of the season. What are your views yes, on those guys? Well, Tony Craig is a, a Millwall legend in his own right. So he went to Brentford after, with, with, a, with a strong Millwall reputation. You know, I, I think he signed for us as a, as a youth. He's a Millwall fan. He used to sit in the cold low lane end of the ground. And then he moved on um, to Brentford, I think it was, was it about 2011, 12, something like that. Um, yeah, I think it's around, 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 yeah, I think it gets repeatedly written off wherever he goes. People write him off slightly. Um, and I, I think even at Millwall, he was never seen as the most skillful or, um, you know, masterful defender. But certainly yeah. in terms of commitment and heart and, you know, uh, Millwall attitude, he's second to none. Um, and so it was interesting when he went to Brentford uh, and did so well there as he captained that team to... The, uh, the League One Championship, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but certainly got promoted, and it was just interesting to see him do so well there. He'd had a previous spell at Crystal Palace where I think he wasn't happy there, but who can blame him for that? Um, yeah, <laughs> a great player. George Saddle, to move on, um, fantastic find. He's, he's one of these jewels in the rough. You wonder how good Wolves' team must be to let him go, because he's, he's a oh, real yeah. dynamite in midfield. Um, you know, he got us a vital goal last night at, at Hull. Um, and he, he's been a real, um, you know, uh, the, the midfield general. Uh, he's done really fantastic. He won in midfield for us this season. 
So he's a great signing for us. Um, and probably the kind of player that hasn't, hasn't fulfilled himself at other places, but somehow now has found his, um, his niche at the bend. Players even love it now where they, they can't deal with it. I'm, I'm thinking of Lewis Graben as a good example of a player that yeah. never made it at the bend, but has, has clearly got talent. Um, Savile's clearly got talent, but has, has that ability to produce at Millwall. So no, two, two, two great, great choices here. Yeah, definitely. Well, mate, thanks for that, and I'll pass you back to Bill. Right, sure. Thank you, guys. So, listen, you've had a little conversation with all the characters around the table here. Oh, yeah. If you've had a few beers, had a few wines, had a few drinks, you're feeling very happy. I mean, you're just nervous about Saturday. So, just coming back <laughs> to Saturday, obviously, you need result. You need result. Give us a prediction, mate. Wow. Um, that's a difficult one. It can go either way, Billy, in all honesty. I think... Um, whoever wins it, will, it'll be close. I'm going to go with Millwall. Though. I think the atmosphere will be, um, will be, you know, full on at the bed on Saturday. And I'm going to take us to get two. And I'm going to take Brentford to get one goal. I think there will be goals, but that's going to have us to win it two one on Saturday, mate. Oh, he's gone for the two one. He hasn't gone for the Desmond two two, but he's gone one higher than that. He's gone for, <laughs> he's gone for the two one. But listen, Nick, in Wicked Town, you like I said, you will be chatting. Thursday evening, we've got our radio show on Love Sport Radio, 558 a.m. with DAB from Digital is on online as well. You're going to come on there and you are going to chat for us a little while about the Brentford game yet again, 9 till 10 o'clock on a Thursday night, and uh, we'll see whether or not you got scared and whether or not you're actually going to change your 2 1 down to maybe a 2 2, even a Brentford win. Fantastic. Thank you very much for the show, mate. Much appreciated. All right, nice one, mate. Take care. Cheers, Bill. Nick from Acton Millwall is giving his thoughts the two way he hasn't gone for the Desmond 2-2 he's gone straight up 2-1 we're playing Millwall on Saturday very very big game and listen everything needs to go according to plan for us Brentford you know on the pitch we need the, the players in the right frame of mind the coach in the right frame of mind the fans you know when we take there they need to be in the right frame of mind and up for it as well and to be honest with you as well the officials, they need to be on point, mate, don't they? They need to be... Listen, we can't have no no, no rubbish refs and anything like that on Saturday. They need to be on point as well. Well, we need... We, we want good referees every bloody week. We don't, we don't want... Not, not just Saturday. You know, we, we want consistent referees who, who who can read the game. They can they don't fall for any trickery. They just see it as it happens. Not, they, not you know, no diving, no cheating, no... Yeah, well, of course we need a strong ref. Always we need do. a strong ref because, like I said, you, mean, you heard there was, the other day, there's that Sanchez Watt who used to play for Arsenal, also played for Dulwich Hamlet, which is people who are out there, I'll go and see him watch every now and again. And he was a book the other night, or I think it was last night, for kicking the ball away, and the referee actually asked his name three times, and he said, my name, what? And the referee thought that he was being insolent, and he actually sent him off for actually saying what, but actually he reversed the decision afterwards. So we can't be having any referees like that, can we? No. <laughs> no, indeed. But listen, going to go around the table here. Um, I mean, you're going to talk with the what, but we need to know what you think the score is going to be against Millwall. We've got the gas. To be honest, I think, I have a sneaker suspicion, because I, I, Millwall don't draw many games, and I think that's going to be a factor. Then they're going to be going for it, but I can see us eking out a 1-0 win. Gaz is confident, which is quite good as well. Ali Malali, what do you reckon? I think we will have 80% possession, 17 chances, and it will finish 1-1. The draws are in there, in the house. Laney man. I'm not going to be very loyal. I'm going to say we're going to lose 2-1. Which is fair, fair play, actually. You know, we've had a bit of a run, and Millwall's going to be a tough game for myself. I'm still going for it, and I think the Bees are going to win 2-1. It's going to be very, very tough, but we're going to go for it. 
and which is all good. And if that happens, we're on the road. But listen, this is besotted pride of West London podcast. We're in the George IV Wicked pub. This is and a great night. They stopped singing because they're waiting for us to come. They've been waiting for about 15 minutes, but we've been trying to finish this podcast up. But we're going to go up there. We've decided we're all going to go up there in unison. We're going to go up there as a foursome, and we're going to ball our... Our, our lungs out. Oh, the, the foursome thing reminds me of a video. Anyway, as we're going to move on, as we were going to say, like this is the Beside Private List London podcast. Don't forget to go to the Beside.com, click and go and get those Martin Allen tickets because they are flying out the door. I don't even know how many are left, but they they properly got out the door as well. Check us out Thursday night, 9 till 10, 558 AM on, on DAB and lovesportradio.com and on mobile and all sorts of stuff. We've got our radio show. We're going to talk Brentford for an hour on the radio, so it's going to be wicked fun. But other than that, we got to Millwall on Saturday. We're going to be walking up and down some road, going to loads and loads of different breweries because they've got the Mile, which is the sort of the, uh, the Bermondsey Mile, I think it is. So we're going to have lots of beers down there and we're going to very much enjoy ourselves and hopefully we'll pick up three points and then we'll go up the mile again and we'll talk some more as we say... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.